is. A portable frittata, or maybe a round breakfast melange. I'd forgotten all about the couple now and focused on the man at the counter. By now, I'd gotten a look at him and recognized him as one of the members of the town council. They'd been on my case since I'd first started baking in Cadbury. You'd think I was committing some kind of capital crime, calling my mixed berry muffins Mary Berry, or the walnut ones just nuts. It was all about the town wanting to be authentic. There were no ye old shops of any kind. And if the buildings appeared to be Victorian architecture, with bright colors and fish scale siding, it was because they were the real thing. I could definitely see the town's point, but I didn't see why giving my muffins clever names was a problem. To keep the peace, though, I had gone along with it. So the ebony and ivory muffins were just called chocolate and vanilla, and the plain Janes became vanilla muffins. The monkey business muffins went back to banana. But I was drawing the line with my new creation, calling them portable frittatas no way. But then he said something that made me calm down a little. Well, at least it seems like a healthier option. And it tastes pretty good. My wife would probably approve. He stared down at the refrigerated glass case. That is, if she found them. So I had gotten an answer about my new creation. But I wasn't sure what to make of it. I waited until he left before I exited my hiding place. Maggie looked up from behind the counter and seemed baffled by my sudden appearance. She had a blood-red bandana tied over her dark hair. Wearing something red was almost a trademark for the coffee shop owner. Everyone in town knew it was her way of keeping a cheerful outlook after the tragedies she'd had in her life. She'd lost both her husband and her daughter in a short span of time. It had not ruined her, though, and she was a kind, giving person who doled out warmth with her coffee drinks. I guess you heard, then. She looked toward the street as the town councilman walked past the window. At least you seemed to like them. I knew she was trying to spare my feelings. Maybe we can figure out a way to present them differently. Nobody seems to understand what they are until I explain, she said. I looked over to my couple, thinking of asking their opinion, but their table was empty, and most of the muffin had been left behind. Let me think about it, I said. It's time for me to change modes now, from muffin maker to yarn retreat leader. No problem. Maybe things will pick up. You said these muffins will stay fresh all weekend. She offered me a coffee, but I said I didn't have time. What's the plan for your retreat this time? Arm knitting and finger crochet, I said, making my way to the door. Really? Maggie said with a laugh. Good luck. This was going to be my fifth yarn retreat and I was still dependent on my two helpers to come up with a program. Maggie's tone made me wonder if I'd made a mistake this time. It hadn't been my plan to be running yarn retreats when I relocated to Cadbury. I hadn't really had any plan of what I was going to do when I made the move. It was more about avoiding moving back in with my parents. 
Their apartment in the Hancock Building in downtown Chicago had a great view of Lake Michigan. But at 35, living with them seemed like the ultimate sign of failure. I should add that my parents are both doctors and high achievers. Unfortunately, I hadn't exactly followed in their footsteps. I'd tried law school, but after one semester I knew it wasn't for me. I'd baked for a bistro that had gone out of business after six months. It had been their bad management, not my desserts. I'd been a substitute teacher at a private school, another profession that was not for me. And I'd been relieved when they didn't renew my contract. I'd turned to temp work, which at least wasn't boring. I'd handed out samples of a new flavor of chewing gums on a street corner and offered to spritz women with a new scent as they came into a department store, among other things.